And now for this week's news in the ever-changing world of real estate, Devel Morrison joins me now. Hey, Devel. Hi, how are you? Good. Happy St. Patrick's Day weekend. How are you doing? Pretty good. I uh, unfortunately didn't go, get out and do any drinking yesterday. No? Did you wear some green no. at least? I did. I had uh, green flowers on my dress. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, let's uh, head into the crazy world of real estate. Um, the deadline for the underused housing tax is quickly coming upon us. Um, I know we've talked a lot about the city of Toronto's vacant home tax, but this is a yes. federal tax. And what does this mean for homeowners, Devel? Well, you know, it's funny. It's not funny. I think it's a shame that people don't know about it. The city of Toronto mailed out notifications to everybody so they knew they had to fill this out, whereas the federal government did not. Mm. They announced this in February. A lot of people are getting confused and think it's the same as the vacant home tax, but this is the underused housing tax. So basically, if you own a home in your name and live there, you don't have to do anything. However, if you do own multiple properties and those properties are in are held in a trust or some sort of partnership, so you, you co-own the property with other people, if you own it in the name of a corporation, you do need to go online and fill out this form. And every single owner needs to fill it out for the property. And each for each property that you have, you have to fill out this form. And you must submit it by April the 30th. So yes, it's the same deadline as your tax deadline, but it's not the same as you're filling out your taxes. Um, and you could also be taxed, and this is really for non-Canadians, can be taxed about 1% of the property value. And if you don't comply with this and you don't fill out the forms, there is like a $5,000 fine for individuals or a $10,000 fine for corporations. Wow. Okay, so yeah. I, this is really, really important. Okay, so for those that are just like, you just tuned in and you're like, what are you, what is Maggie and Devel talking about? So this, again, is called the underused housing tax, very different than the Toronto's uh, vacant home tax. It's a federal tax. And so you're saying you have to go online before April 30th, fill out this form. Is there a cost for filling out the form at all, Devel? No, there's no cost. It's just, you know, one of the links on the CRA website to fill out the form. But, you know, it's funny. I was just looking over the form and God, they ask for a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Like, and maybe it's just, I do own multiple properties. And so between this and that vacant home tax, when you go through and you fill out those forms, you're like, God, you guys are really digging and asking me a lot of information. I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about it. Well, that was going to be my next question. Why do you think the government, the federal government has imposed this? Like, what what are they trying to find out, do you think? Well, it's basically they're trying to uh, dissuade people from having vacant. They're trying to dissuade foreign investment. Yeah. Um, and from having vacant properties, because we do know that there are some foreign investors who park their money in Canada and they do buy properties and they just let them va stay vacant. They don't put tenants in them. Uh, they just they just keep them empty. It's basically just an asset investment for them. I fear that those who, you know, again, apply for, for this, like actually have multiple properties and have not heard about this. And we're going to hear a lot of a, a lot of cases of people being fined the five thousand to ten thousand dollars because they didn't hear about this. I mean, this is the first time. If you hadn't sent this to me, I wouldn't have known, right? I don't have multiple properties, but again, I mean, I'm always listening to news, always watching the news. Did not know that this existed. So so important that again, if you have 
uh, more than one property that you make sure that you get this filled out before April 30th. And good to know as well, Devel, as you said, this is separate from your income tax, even though it is on the due date is on the same day. This is separate mm-hmm. from your income tax filing. OK, in other uh, real estate news, according to a report by the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, home values have dropped 17.9 percent in February. Should we be worried if you own a home in the city, Devel? No, I don't think that you should be worried. I mean, the stats are really showing you year over year because last January and February, the market was going gangbusters. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at it, and, and you, you, we also had two years of the pandemic where we had abnormal growth on the real estate front. So you've got sort of two abnormal years that really skew data and make people freak out when they see these huge headlines. So am I that concerned about real estate? No, I could say right now, 10 years from now, whatever you own will be worth more. Mm. I feel pretty confident in making that prediction. And then, you know, home prices have also fallen 19% in Canada. Uh, and this is in comparison to last year's numbers as well. Uh is this more realistic on where the market should be? And again, to your point, right? Yesterday, or yesterday, it felt like yesterday, but last year <laughs> was an anomaly. It was a crazy year, as you said. And so are we seeing the the uh, market kind of just even itself out a bit? I think we are. And I think that there's going to be more to come, especially with the spring market on our heels right now. I feel that we are going to see some more supply. Um, I think that in the fall, we could see mortgages tighten, mortgage requirements tighten up a little bit more. So I think that, that will also impact home prices. So I do feel like, you know, there's there could be a little bit more, uh, you know, decline in the market. But I don't see huge declines in the market. I think that just it's good for people to own a home and pay their mortgages. And again, look to the future, you know, five years out, 10 years out, everything's going to be okay. People are afraid. Like I was talking to you know a neighbor recently, and uh, again, just on that that fence of do I sell, do I hold on? You know, there's just that that concern of just not sure where the market is going and not wanting to lose more in the value of your home. We have two minutes left. I want to quick quickly talk about uh, this week. The city of Toronto released a work plan for the housing action plan, uh, but admit. It is the the plans at risk. Uh, Number one, Bill 23 and the loss of millions of dollars uh, from development charges. So, you know, the province's goal is to build 285,000 new homes in the next 10 years. But without the funds that would come in from fees normally charged to developers, how does the city pay for infrastructure like sewers, roadways to support new housing? That's definitely a problem. They're going to have to figure that out. But I mean, you know, the development charges are tricky because of a a million dollar condo, for example, the city or house, uh, the city would get $250,000 of that. Wow. And so if people are talking about affordable housing and how do we make housing affordable, do you think that million dollar condo would be more affordable at $750,000? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's that. It's let's say, for example, you've got a private individual who wanted to buy a house and chop it up and turn it into a triplex or a fourplex. In the past, they would be charged over one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in development charges before they even paid for permits, before they even paid for construction. 
And so that's pretty much a disincentive to create any kind of rental housing in the city. Mm-hmm. If you're going to charge somebody over $120,000 in development charges. So things like that have disappeared, but they need to disappear because you're not going to get the housing. If people are going to be charged $120,000 to create a triplex or a fourplex. Um, I think the city's going to have a lot of budgetary issues because, you know, what happens when they don't realize the impact of, you know, the how the decreased amount of housing that's being purchased right now. So, you know, transactions are down, I'm going to say almost 40% from where they were a year ago, actually about a year and a half ago. And that impacts the city of Toronto when it comes to their land transfer tax, because the city of Toronto gets the double land transfer tax. When people buy properties outside of the 416, they're only paying one land transfer tax to the Ontario government. In Toronto, they're paying a land transfer tax to the Ontario government and the city of Toronto. So their budget is going to be severely um, impacted by what's going on in the real estate market right now. So they do need development charges, but man, they really need to kind of figure out what they're doing. Because if I'm paying property taxes on my condo, on my parking spot for the condo, and you look at all the condos that have been, been built in this city in the last 10 years... God, that's a lot of money. Where is it going? And all the development charges that they've been receiving all of these years from all of these property, all of these buildings being built, where is it going? And oh. then if I look at if then if I look at the TCHC, we've spoken, yeah. you know, in previous yeah. weeks about, you know, the condition of some of the buildings that people are living in. I mean, the city's not being held to the same standard that a private landlord is. Mm. So our, our housing's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no other way to say it. Absolutely. Devel Morrison, broker with Bosley uh, Real Estate and a regular contributor here at Toronto this weekend. Um, so according to the rentals.ca data, Devel, um, analyzed by research firm Urban Nation, on average, and this just made me so sad to read this, on average, one a one-bedroom apartment in the city now costs $2,500 a month, $2,500 yep. a month. Who can afford, who can afford a one bedroom apartment in the city anymore? Yeah. You know, what's really interesting is that, you know, there's that number where people are only supposed to contribute 30% of their, you know, earnings yep. towards housing. And so what it means is you're seeing, you know, that's not a realistic number anymore, Right. You're seeing people are definitely contributing more like 50 or 60% to housing because it is so expensive. Now, you know, I think back to probably about 20 years ago when my friends were all moving to New York City. And I remember going down to visit them and they would share, two people would share one bedroom apartment. They would put up a curtain and one person would live in in part of the living room. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Toronto is really just, we're just becoming, we're going to call it the New Yorkification of Toronto, you know, and you also see all these young people running around with side hustles. There's a reason for it. They need extra money to pay bills. So I think that that's the reality when you've got um, a one bedroom condo at $2,500 a month, or you've got people living together. So probably people get into relationships. And I I would bet, you know, within a few months, they're like, hey, let's shack up so we can save some money. Yeah. And we've talked about all those things on this segment, right? We've seen, yeah, we have. well, even, you know, even 
people renting out just like another bed in a studio apartment or in a one bedroom apartment because they can't afford, rightfully so, $2,500 a month. The average two bedroom listing in Toronto uh, is at $3,300 a month. And that was just in February. So even what you were just saying, Devel, so, you know, if you to afford a two bedroom apartment in the city, you have to be mm-hmm. earning at least, at least $130,000 a year. Wow. For two that's a bedroom apartment. I mean, like, remember the days when that's how much you needed? Well, not even as that much to own a home, right? Like, I mean, that's right. a pretty good income. And to know that's going to get you a two bedroom apartment in Toronto is pretty depressing. And also, you know, you can't blame people for just leaving the city. No, I, I get it. I mean, obviously some people work in the city and want to be in the city. So there's that. So like I said, they'll come up with other solutions of living together or trying to make extra money um, so that they can live there. But the other thing too, is that that's what's causing some people to buy Yeah, is because they're going, you know what? 30, I mean, if you calculate $3,300 a year over, or even let's say $3,000 a year, sorry, $3,000 a month, just for easy math. Yeah. Multiply that by 12 months, that's $36,000. Yeah. So after three years, you would have sent over $100,000 down the toilet. Wow. And so if that's not an incentive to buy, I don't know what is. <sighs> My goodness. I, I just, I just, I read that article just thinking, I, yeah, you just wonder about your kids and the next generation and where do we go from here? I mean, if something doesn't change with affordability in the city, much less, you know, renting, but even buying and then groceries and utilities and the list goes on and on and on. And, that, and taxes that, as well have gone but, up. But that takes me back to what I was just saying before the break yeah. about, you know, if you are creating a disincentive for somebody to build a triplex, well, how are you helping the rental market? Yeah. And Yes, you've taken away those development charges, but you know there's still people who live in single family dwellings that are like, you know, they do not want renters living beside them. It's ridiculous, right? They don't want a multiplex living beside them. And so we still have that huge, I don't know whether you call it snobbery issue in the city of Toronto in that most of the single family dwellings, people just, they can't stand the thought of renters living beside them, which is ridiculous. That makes no sense. I mean, there are homes everywhere where there are renters living in them. You can't, I mean, that just just sounds like that's just not realistic that people would be worried about renters. But yeah, I think there's a snobbery there for sure. Okay. In other news, apparently uh, we've just lived through one of the darkest winters in more than 80 years. Did you feel that, Devel? I... I'm never I'm not really sensitive to like, you know, I know there are some people who have like seasonal affective disorder and they yeah. are very sensitive to light, especially during the winter. I'm not that that person. But this year I felt it like I just there were some days where I was just like, I just want to crawl in bed and not get out. And now we know why. <laughs> it's true. I mean, and I think I've only noticed it now with the daylight savings time yep. of how brighter it is lately. That I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I've been missing this. And I don't think I realized that there was an issue until, you know, I read that article about it, but it, how the, the winters, I mean, it's, it is depressing. It's not great. And isn't there a stat that Canada has more incidences of MS, like multiple sclerosis, partly because it's so dark here? Huh. It's not healthy for us. Yeah. 
So apparently parts of Ontario saw lower levels of solar energy between December of last year and February of this year uh, than previously recorded in the last 83 years since 1940. Wow. If that's not an incentive to book a vacation between December and February, I don't know what is. Right. And some of the areas in the black zones, they called it, were Tobermory, Collingwood, Manitoulin Island region, uh, Prince Edward County, and areas of eastern uh, Lake Ontario. Um, Also, drastic lake, uh, or sorry, lack of solar energy in Ontario this winter, as well as obviously the GTA. I definitely felt it. And uh, now we now we absolutely know why. Uh, Interesting here, 2,665 complaints and service requests were related this winter, this past winter, we're still in winter, uh, related to snow clearing on sidewalks, roads and bus stops. This is an issue in this city when it comes to clearing. I'm going to harp on sidewalks more than roads because yeah. the last snowfall, I remember I talked about it on the radio. I After the show was done, I went and did some, um, some errands and I was up North Toronto and I could not believe the amount of people I saw walking on the streets because... The sidewalks had not been plowed and the snow was ridiculously high. And I just wonder, like, why is that not a prior- priority? Now, the streets were had been cleared by then. Again, we just had the snowfall that Friday evening. So I understand there would be, you know, maybe, um, you know, a lull in being able to clear everything. But I could not find and I was driving, but I did yeah. not see sidewalks being cleared. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a problem. You know, it's funny because this year, oddly enough, I've noticed there's been a little tractor on my street that's been coming and clearing the sidewalk. And I've never had that in my, Mm. I don't know, 15 years of being here. Um, So I have noticed that, which has been kind of cool. But I mean, shoveling snow is hard and not everybody can do it like it. And it's heavy, right? And it can cause heart attacks for people and not great for pregnant people, not great for elderly people. It's just... It's, I mean, I know it's mother nature, yeah. but you know, it, it's a difficult thing to shovel. And sometimes you just get up and you just don't want to do it. Like it's awful. I hate it. Yeah. I just think the priority of subway stops should be a thing, right? Like we had a representative from the city on after the last snowstorm and he had said, you know, that they had a new contract. And one of the things that they had struggled with was how to clear the sidewalks. They just didn't have the machinery to do so. And so that little tractor that you've seen, those are the the machines that they've they've um, acquired to clear sidewalks. They just needed those little tractors. So you do see them kind of putting around after uh, a snowstorm. But I just think priority over like TTC stops, bus stops, streetcar stops um, need like that just needs to be the first thing, right? Like, I mean, you can't. How do you get onto a bus or a streetcar if oh, the stop yeah. hasn't cl- hasn't been cleared? But I remember a few months ago, and I got a lot of haterade on my Facebook Uh-oh. post because of this. Because I was walking, this the sidewalk was not plowed, and this is around Young and Davisville, and there was a ton of snow. The roads had been plowed, great for the cars. Yeah, the bike lane had been plowed. Oh. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, but it's a snowstorm and the sidewalk has not been cleared. And I'm watching 
elderly people, people with strollers trying to get by on the sidewalk, but yet the bike lane has been cleared. Not cool for me. Do not touch the holy bike lane. DeVal, do not touch the holy bike lane. Thank you so much for your time this week, DeVal. Always fun.